what? Spilled popcorn coming in hot. Yo, yo, this is spilled popcorn. What if? What if, yo? Got the stank this face coming from. This is absolutely Coming horrible. from my co-host Cam. Yo, yo. That's the Cam, worst thing I've ever heard. That, that, was, that was an all-time terrible thing that we've done. And we have done some terrible things, but that was up there for sure. I thought that people... Before you exposed me for the terrible rapper that I am, I think that people were getting ready for some mad bars. You think so? And who knows? Who who knows? Uh, Maybe I could have spat something hot. Uh huh. Um, I might might have been inspired. Maybe um, if I hadn't shut you down, interrupted. (laughs) Well, that's always a possibility. You know, we're talking about what if we're talking about multiverses. So there is probably some reality out there in which that happens, I'd be willing to bet with a, f- with a fairly high degree of certainty that it's not this reality. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Just, beca- just because you started with yo-yo, I think that's where, I, that's where you lost me. <laughs> I, think, I think any other choice of words at the beginning, I would have maybe been bought in, but it was the yo-yo. I was like, and for that reason, I'm out. Shark yeah, Tank, so I- <laughs> Big Red X, boom. I should have been like, one, two, one, two. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Get it, get it. Well, what is, um, uh, <laughs> what, what's the, um, what's that one guy who's like talking to the producer in the, in the studio whenever at the beginning of the song? Is it, um, is it Shaggy or something like that? I can't remember exactly. It's probably Shaggy. It's always yeah. Shaggy. Shaggy's always the winner. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. My this brain, is what my if. Brain is we don't talk about me. movies on this episode. We talk about freestyle rap and who's got the best bars. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yeah. a bizarre episode. Uh, I think that's the perfect way to start this episode, Could in be. fact, because in my mind, this episode of What If is very bizarre. Let's look at the title real quick here. Um, it's What If dot 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 zombies. It almost yeah. sounds like a Scooby-Doo episode when you look at it and uh, especially read it like that. But again, my name is Kirk. I'm your co-host, your other co-host, Mr. Cam Wiggs over there in the other seat. Not near me. We're in our own houses because we need a camera and we yes. need a podcast table. Feel free to send us one anytime. Sure. Anytime. Cam, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. And to answer your question, or you didn't really ask a question, but you were kind of, uh, you were talking about the title of how it was just, you know, every other thing is like very clever, you know, like what if Dr. Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? Like, you know, they had all these cheeky little titles. Yes. Um, and this one's just what if zombies. And I think honestly, that's good self-awareness on their part because it's one of those situations where it's just like, yeah, zombies. Let's do zombies. And that's really what this episode was. Like, there wasn't really much more to it than that. It, like, conceptually, it was just like, yes, zombies. At some point, everything does zombies. DC has a, had a comic book series called Deceased, and, uh, Oof. <laughs> which was actually a good series despite the cringy title. Um, and Marvel Zombies has been done. I mean, it's been done a thousand times. Everybody loves a good zombie story. This is really the only place that they could ever do that in the MCU, at least for now, mm. um, in a way that would make somewhat sense. So, yeah, they were just like, what if zombies? And I was like, do tell. 
What if indeed? What if indeed? If we go straight into the butter, which let's do it, the butter, we have a couple of of quick highlights. One of the best things that comes out of this is that we see Spider-Man. We see Peter Parker kind of come into his own. He is the kid of the group. He gets to lead this group uh, unwillingly. All of the leaders are suddenly bit by the I almost said spiders. They're suddenly bit by zombies left and right. Um, you you start this episode and you think, all right, Bruce Banner, this is his episode, and it mostly is. But ultimately, this the biggest story arc here is we get Peter Parker learning that he can uh, take charge and he can make decisions and he can lead a group. How did you feel about Peter Parker stepping into his own here? Yeah, I think it was the perfect situation because if you look at the dynamics of the group, we've got an interesting bunch. Not exactly the warm fuzzies of, of the Avengers squad. You know, you've got uh, Bucky, you've got Okoye, you've got um, Bruce Banner, which like, eh, either way. You know, he's not exactly like hunky-dory cheerleader, like light in the mood kind of guy, but he's also not like doom and gloom. Hope Van Dyne, you know, falls into the doom and gloom category of the yes. group. Uh, Happy Hogan, certainly. Sharon Carter, certainly. So it, it was it was sort of the perfect opportunity for someone like Peter Parker to jump in and bring some levity to the group in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. And, um, you know, they, they sort of played off this running joke that they have in the MCU with Peter Parker, how he's always like, hey, you guys remember that really old movie, Aliens? <laughs> you guys yes. remember that really old movie, The Empire Strikes Back? You know, um, they were sort of playing off that. He's like, have you guys never seen a horror movie? You know, he's telling all these jokes about like how to survive the zombie apocalypse and stuff like that. And he's leading Mm. the Avengers through this unprecedented uh, landscape. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we start off uh, where Bruce, uh, Bruce Banner has been, you know, kicked kicked out of Asgard. He gets shot into, um, just like like in the film, shot into Doctor Strange's um, sanctuary and through the stairs, and all of a sudden, zombies are everywhere. We get kicked off there. Uh, the Avengers come. They all get infected from what is apparent that uh, that uh, the Van Dyme mother, oh goodness, what's her name? Janet. Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Janet Van Dyne. Janet. Yes. Uh, I wish they would just keep her name as Michelle Pfeiffer. It'd be a lot easier <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, she has developed the zombie. She is patient zero. She's zombie zero uh, in the quantum uh, verse. She um, bites Hank. Hank comes back. Everyone becomes zombies that way. It's quite, quite crazy, quite fast. Uh, yeah. The Pym, little- the Pym Van Dyne family has taken a lot of L's in the old, uh, what if universe. <laughs> this is <That's> true. <laughs> like, <laughs> it seems like if something bad is happening, there's a good chance so far. I mean, we're only five episodes in and this is two, two out of the five that involve, uh, Hank Pym doing something stupid. So yep. it's like, Man, it just makes you wonder what what lies ahead. But there are clearly a lot of universes in which Hank Pym is a is just a legendary screw up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh man, I got to tell you, when as it spread so quickly, I just thought, man, this hits too close to home. Too close to home with the <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, right. I mean. This week, we also heard of of the Mew uh, variant, which is basically impervious to any. Um, any vaccine? Have you? Heard oh, is of this? that right? No, I haven't yeah. heard that. Yeah, we're we're all doomed, and I think maybe okay. the new variant actually is the zombie apocalypse. I think that's sure. This that, episode, if you think about it, that really hilarious. is the most likely ending to all of this. You know, it right. just it, at this point, it feels like we're on a collision course 
for zombie apocalypse. And so I just say, let's, let's just go. Let's just go. You know, you and I, we've watched a lot of the walking dead. I've watched plenty of George Romero movies. I feel about as equipped as anyone to handle it. So I, I just say, let's just go. Let's just go. That's right. I'm ready to get my uh, my Georgia accent, and I will become. Uh, <laughs> You'll become Rick Andrew Grimes. Lincoln. Yeah, Rick, Rick Grimes. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> straight up, straight up. Some other crazy things that happened in this. Um, again, this is a bonkers episode, an mm-hmm. absolute bonkers episode. We find out that um, th- what they're trying to get to is this old Shield headquarters where they think they might be able to concoct a cure. Um, Vision is there, and he is. Uh, basically luring people there in order to feed Wanda who has become a zombie probably early on that, that right there is just absolutely insane and and goes against visions directive of to save humanity. So you have to wonder um, how, how corrupt his love was in a way that Dr. Strange's love got became corrupt and made him uh, hungry for power. Uh, Vision was then giving, uh, feeding the hunger of Wanda. So some nice tie-ins right there, honestly, some nice themes that, that really connect there, but ultimately there's just something amiss about this episode. Um, it just kind of just like rushes through a bunch of different things. I wish that they would have focused a little bit more, uh, not had so many scene changes, honestly, so many location changes. And, um, I, I mean, one of the biggest things we talked about it already is that, you know, Bruce Banner, he starts off as our main character. You you kind of get warmed up to him, and then and then Spider Man takes over. So, well, how do you feel about Bruce Banner by the end of this episode, Cam? Um, I mean, it's there's there's more questions than answers throughout this mm. whole episode overall. I mean, my my initial impression with Bruce Banner was that it was a pretty lackluster uh, voice acting performance by Mark Ruffalo. To be honest, it felt pretty low energy, low effort. Which who can blame him? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. We've, we've seen that in this show already. Like, they bring back these voices, which is great um, for a lot of reasons. You, you like to have the continuity. It makes you, you know, makes it feel like this is not just some offshoot. But I will say that there's been more than a couple of times where the voice acting performances have been a little lackluster overall. So that wasn't really doing it for me. I think, um, you know, with Bruce specifically they sort of set it up in a way of like he comes there. Right. And so you expect him to be the missing link. You know, they've been fighting the zombie apocalypse seemingly for a while. So for them to finally be making progress on this and you see him start to connect the dots where he's like, Oh, it's this kind of, you know, infection. So it can be affected by this. And so you're like, Oh, Mm -hmm. they needed him. That's the point of the story. Uh, But then it ends in, you know, as we often see in zombie films, certain characters taking one for the team, it ends with him running into a pack of zombies, you know, in, in a blaze of glory and transforming into the Hulk. And then that's sort of the end. Um, so it, right. it doesn't really put a fine point on his whole arc for the episode. And granted, I mean, they're given 30 minutes. That is what it is. It's the format of the show. But um, yeah, a li- little bit odd, a little clunky. Yeah, open ended, right? It's it's uh, we don't fully see him succumb to anything, and he's fighting zombie Wanda um, quite well, honestly. He's holding his own, and she's like throwing out her her big you know surges of power, and he's just like bashing them down like they're nothing, which is um, pretty interesting to say. Like, will we see some of that in the MCU? Will we see his just his mad chaos attack her chaos? Is that yeah. what it is? I was excited to see Hulk 
fight Wanda for this for this very limited period of time that we actually got to see that. I was like, okay, I'm I'm here for this. I think we get we have we just haven't gotten a lot of Hulk action in the last few films. You know, Ragnarok was really the last time we got to see him mm-hmm. in action, and it was not an Avengers level event. So it it felt, you know, he was he was MIA for for Infinity War. Um, he was Professor Hulk for for Endgame and wasn't really featured much in the big battle scene um, because his arm got fried by the Infinity Gauntlet. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I needed some Hulk in my life, and and this this helped a little bit. But yeah, I think the other thing that you we've sort of brought up casually is just with every zombie interpretation, um, there are rules about the zombies and how they operate. Clearly, in this world, if you're a soup to steal a word from the boys. <laughs> if you're, if you're a super superhero, um, you can do many of the same things that you were able to do. If, if not all of them, the only difference is that you feast on brains. So even if, right. even if you are Tony Stark, who's not super enhanced per se, he still appeared flying around in his suit, using it to attack, um, you know, the black order when they arrive on earth and things like that. So that's, that's a little bit, different and that's why wanda obviously formidable as a human ultra formidable as sort of like the queen zombie um it it was it's an interesting take on the whole thing that's right we see falcon flying in and and using his signature move to protect himself uh with his falcon wings uh captain america uh one of the best shots of the episode climbing in on the train throws his shield and then gets cut in half by bucky um very, very good stuff. Very good stuff. Um, I want to get into the speculation. Let's talk about the crumbs and what happens next after this. We get mostly an unresolved situation by the end of this. Will there be a what if zombies too? Do you think? I do think. I do think so. Um, I think that I think they've set it up nicely for season two. I think the story feels unfinished. Obviously, it ends with. <laughs> this is going to sound crazy. I, I presumably anybody who's listening to this also watched the episode, so maybe it won't sound that crazy. But the episode ends with Peter Parker, one-legged T'Challa, and uh, the head of Scott Lang <laughs> flying their way uh, with the with the um, the Soul Stone to yes. Wakanda to develop a cure that they can widely disseminate, which. Uh, essentially puts the soul stone exactly where it was at the end of infinity war when Thanos comes and rips it out of vision's head and, and completes the gauntlet. We see a zombie Thanos at the end of the episode with a full gauntlet of infinity stones minus the center stone, the soul stone. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I like that because I love this idea of, of, you know, Thanos's big quote, the I am inevitable quote, like this kind of proves that at least in one, in one universe, if you save this world from the zombie apocalypse, you are sentencing it to death via Thanos finger snap, presumably. So, um, he truly is inevitable and he's just waiting there chomping at the bit, but the story goes unfinished. I think they're definitely setting it up for, for season two. So, um, it will be back. It will be back. Wonderful. I was curious if we would see episode six of what if be the zombie part two episode. Perhaps. I believe episode six is Killmonger. Um, mm-hmm. The like, what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark, which is one I've been very excited 
about mm-hmm. since the very beginning. Um, but maybe it appears before the season's over in some limited capacity. Maybe one of these other stories ties into it. We're still really looking for more tie-ins. They've been very, yeah. very limited and um, not to stray too far off the topic, but I think um, with episode four, you and I both really felt like we had turned a bit of a corner because there seemed to be differences between that episode and some of the others in the series so far, most notably that the watcher was conversing with Dr. Strange and the watcher was having sort of these moral dilemmas of like, do I intervene? Do I not? So it felt like, Ooh, this is going to start to get a little more juicy. And so I think that's why this episode feels like such a, such an enormous step in the opposite direction because there's no real watcher involvement. There's certainly no tie-ins to anything else we've seen in this show so far. Obviously, this runs parallel to Infinity War, so there's that. But every episode has had that component of it running side-by-side with something we've already seen. So right, it just right. it felt like... It felt a little bit like you come out of episode one and you go into episode two of what if. Like, whoa, we're not getting any tie-ins. We're seeing something totally different. And that's fine. I, I think episode ordering will be something that when we get to the end of the show, we'll talk about if they were ordered in the most optimal way because I think this episode would have made a great episode one or two yes. but doesn't work immediately following the Doctor Strange episode we just had, personally. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, and I also wonder, are we going to get more like portals and universe pulls that we're going to say, man, you won't believe this. I was just in front of the zombie apocalypse. Uh, you know, like Spider-Man gets thrown back into someone else's world, Doctor Strange's world. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, you were just a cape on on Paul Rudd's, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Futurama head, you know? Yeah, That's yeah. What the, cryo, like. the cryo-frozen head thing. I don't know. <laughs> Yes, which arguably my favorite part, I think, uh, Paul Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, uh, yeah. He <laughs> was a much-needed presence in this episode, I would say. And, uh, yeah, they could go full Rick and Morty at some point and just start jumping through portals and, and changing yep. up timelines and doing whatever needs to happen. I would love that, but um seems like we're far away from that so far. Yeah. And then, you know, here's the biggest question. I think uh, it seems like an easy one, but maybe not. Maybe there's a version of this that makes sense. Um, Will we see zombies in the MCU on the big screen? Can an audience handle that? Can they make it work? That was like seven questions. So I hope you're ready to answer all of them. (laughs) Um, No, a mainstream audience cannot handle that. No, I do not think we will see it short term. Long term? Sure. I think uh, the the goal of the MCU or what they will have to do to continue to be successful is to take spoon feed the uh, or or rather handhold the mainstream audiences along as they get weirder and weirder and weirder and make them okay with that. I think Shang Chi did a great job with that. They yep. started very grounded. They let us know early on with the with the fight scenes and, and some of the things they were alluding to that things were going to get weird, and then they got weird. They went to Talo, there was a giant dragon, there was a giant demon monster, and there was Shang-Chi doing a Kamehameha on, on the final villain. So I think yes. you know that's the formula for the, for the remaining phases of the MCU. So yeah, will we see it in 4, 5, or 6? Phase 4, 5, or 6? No. Could we see it in like phase 10? Sure. Once we get to Blade, who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Bring We're in Blade, then it's like, okay, zombies make slightly more sense now that we've got presumably like Dracula or vampires or something. What, uh, who owns AMC? Can you tell me that? Do you know the that? The network? 
Yeah. Um, Do we know? Is it Disney? No, no. It's definitely Somehow? not. It's definitely not Disney. No, I don't know who owns AMC. Okay. I just need um I just need Rick Grimes to enter the MCU no, somehow. That's, that's, that's all. That's not going to happen, I don't think. But well, it would be great. Well, excuse you. Excuse <laughs> you. It can happen and it will happen. I don't know how. I don't know where, I don't know when, but it can happen. It can happen. I mean, it it physically cannot happen as of right now. <laughs> um Viacom maybe. Viacom. Okay. Maybe. That makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know. All, it's hard to all see I it. want to see is Rick Grimes in a film and whatever it takes to get him there, I'm fine with. And I will accept whatever version that that looks like. Yeah. It seems like they're actually their own entity, man. It seems like they're their own thing. It's like them and IFC and BBC okay. and all of that. Disney will own everyone one day. They'll own well, the sure. podcast. And that will be a beautiful day. That will be yes. a beautiful day. It will. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been quite the bizarre entry into our own spilled popcorn world. And again, I say quite fittingly because this episode, I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if I'll feel better if I see a part two. Let's or... let's let's rank them real quick. We're halfway through. Let's rank the episodes. So These five? Far. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'll, I'll tell you where I'm at. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to go four, one. What was three? What was two? <laughs> two two was the Star Lord T'Challa. Three, uh, three. Yes. Oh 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 no! I remember three. Three was what if all the Avengers get murdered by Hank Pym? Um, okay, so let's start that again. I'm gonna go four one two five three. I'm gonna go four two one three five. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty close. Pretty close there. But close. I, I think I think for me in general, what has what has been tough about this show so far, and I, I I'm enjoying it for what it is, but I just think I want it I wanted something different. I wanted I wanted it to be more directional in nature. Because there were there were lots of bites early on because I think they were trying to get people to watch the show. Um, there were lots of uh, lots of sound bites of like Oh yeah, it can be canon. It it can totally be canon. Like this stuff actually is canon because we've got the multiverse. And I was like, oh, okay, that that makes things a lot more interesting because, you know, we're going to get potential tie-ins. We could see this stuff. You know, I think maybe I'm wrong, but I think even Kevin Feige or AC Bradley or one of of the guys um, or gals, AC Bradley is is female. But anyway, uh, was basically like, yeah, we could see these characters show up in the in the live action MCU. Like we could see Captain Carter show up in the live action MCU. Um, so that got my hopes up for this very like disjointed but directional sort of show. You know, I didn't expect every episode to flow in a linear way. Never expected that. But I expected there to be some sort of like general theme weaving and like broadly moving in a, in a some, somewhat succinct direction. That's what I was kind of expecting, and that's what I have not gotten yet. So it leaves me wanting a little bit. Yeah, and it's not enough to just have the characters be in multiple episodes in different multiverses. There has to be kind of a, a conscience of... Of the same of the same storyline throughout them, because um, we obviously know where they are on the sacred timeline yeah. in the MCU. But what if the, there needs to be a knowledge of that 
and a knowledge of what's happening in the what if universes and merge them together. Yeah, there's just something amiss here and maybe we're still waiting for it. Maybe it's still coming where it's going to just weave itself through. Maybe we need the ancient one to like sit down and just show it all or the watcher's going to have a full blown episode, who knows. That is what I am waiting for as well, sir. Yeah. Other thing that I noticed in this episode I don't know that it will ever become anything is the cloak of levitation initially choosing Spider-Man as its host counterpart. Mm -hmm. You know, the cloak of levitation is like a somewhat sentient being. (laughs) It's like just a spellbound bewitched sort of cloak. Um, But it was, it was fly. It was flying solo seemingly. And then it ended up on Spider-Man. And I'm like, you know, we're getting, a Spider-Man Doctor Strange crossover in this yes. in this No Way Home situation. Could there be something there? I mean, I don't think I, I you know, I I could be misremembering, but I don't think the cloak of levitation like is like Mjolnir or like the flying nimbus cloud. Like I don't think it, it chooses its host and is like, you are worthy of my abilities. Like I really don't. But it seemed like it did in this episode. Of course, then it ultimately ends up on Scott Lang because right. If anyone needs it, it's the guy who's just ahead in the tank. So yes. good good awareness there by the cloak of levitation, I think, to to pinpoint the weakness of their team and rectify <laughs> that. But uh, I did think that was at least somewhat notable because I'm like, well, we're going to see Doctor Strange. Is it possible the cloak ends up around Peter Parker's shoulder at some point? One of the Peter Parker's shoulders on during that thing? I don't know, but... It very well may, and possibly the greatest line of this uh, of this episode is when Scott Lang, <laughs> flying out of the Shield headquarters as it's exploding and they're escaping, says, <laughs> "Wingardium Leviosa." Yeah, that <laughs> was awesome. I want to know. Uh, I'm sure that J.K. Rowling got a nice kick out of that royalty check when. <laughs> Whenever it yes. flows through because she's getting it from Disney Marvel Studios or whatever. But I wonder how much that cost. <laughs> Just like sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> I, I really do want to know. I'm like I was I was like, wow, they went there. They they used the Harry Potter tie and I wonder how much that costs. Oh man, what a ride. What a ride. Well, guys, we will see you for episode six of Spilled Popcorn sometime soon. You guys look out for it, listen for it, watch our social media, Spilled Popcorn, Popcorn for Breakfast. We're going to play you out with the wonderful original music from the band called Rhetoric. That's Cam. Hi. I'm Kirk. <laughs> I was we like, what, see you pausing next for time. dramatic effect. I don't know what's happening. Bye. Goodbye.